you know, when you're burnt out, you really start to lose joy in the things that, you know, that your work, um, it's hard to, even though you are working very hard, you are always feeling low energy. It feels like such a struggle just to pull yourself together. And burnt out people typically do pull it together because they have a strong sense of duty or responsibility. But it's, you know, when you're doing it, like how fulfilled do you feel? Often people who are burnt out start to feel a little bit empty because they're not pouring into themselves at all. Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day ever mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. You can also listen to our podcast on www.livebetterco.org. Have the best day ever. All right, Live Better Squad, we are back with another podcast. We are beyond excited to have Aaron Brown on the show today. Um, Aaron is local to Chicago, which is so cool to connect with somebody in Chicago. Unfortunately, we haven't met in person yet due to the uh, current situation, but we were just chatting before we popped on about how we can't wait to, to gather with, with people. Um, Erin is a well-being coach. She is doing a lot of really cool stuff, and we're just super excited to have you on, and I uh, just can't wait to dive into what you're up to, how you're turning this into a career, how you're doing so many cool things, empowering women, and I uh, just can't wait to, to dive in. So how's everything going with you today? Thanks so much for having me, Brett. I'm super excited to be on your show. And yeah, everything's going well. You know, I'm just at this point in time, I feel like, you know, we're all really being called to lean into our self-care to to make it through this pandemic. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. <laughs> so when you think about, um, I think it's, it, it would be cool to start talking about just Chicago in general, because we get a lot of listeners that are local, that are running around the city, that have been impacted by the multitude of things that have unfurled in 2020. Um, what what's your favorite thing about about Chicago? Um, wow! So I live in South Loop, <clears throat> fairly close to the lake, and so I love. The lakeshore, I love running there. I love going on walks there. It's just a great place to clear my head. So I really appreciated the outdoor spaces, the parks, but I mean, the, the lakeshore is my favorite part of the city. Totally. What do you think about wellness in general in Chicago? I think a lot of people that uh, are are working out and, and staying fit and staying strong, both mentally and physically in Chicago, do it in, in just like definitely unique ways. There's so many different offerings, whether it's group fitness or outdoor workouts or 
um, online programs. There's so many different groups. Like, what is your take on just like the scene um, and just like how wellness is fermenting in uh, in in a big city? Uh, but I feel like you find your groove and you find your tribes. And uh, how do you, how do you feel like it's going in Chicago? I think there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. Um, before the pandemic, it was just really cool to see how many, you know, from a fitness standpoint, how many different studios, boutique studios were opening. And I was trying trying out so many different workouts with a sweat life. Um, so that was super fun. And just, you know, really, as I've, you know, grown in my own wellness career, I've gotten to know so many great people who are doing doing everything from yoga, meditation, nutritionists, um, Reiki healers. I mean, I feel like being in a big city that's as diverse as Chicago and a city where people are so active, I think there's so much opportunity here to, you know, really explore different sides of wellness. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a, it's a cool city because there's a lot of different communities that are being built. And I feel like it's, one of the highlights that I like about, you know, being a trainer and a fitness and a wellness person in Chicago is just how collaborative people are and how people just like want to make each other better uh, and work super hard to to just like build up uh, a city and make it something where people are just like excited about wellness and focusing on development. And like you said, like, you know, it's it's been an interesting transition with quarantine how has that impacted you um, in regards to your wellness journey, your path? Uh, and then we'll dive into how that's impacted you uh, from a business perspective as well. But like, what are some of the things that that have impacted you just with the quarantine in general? And uh, how have you been able to like cope and, and deal and stay optimistic and positive and, and staying on your path? That's such a great question, because when I first started, or when the quarantine first started, I was, you know, doing pretty well sticking to my, I used to do HIIT workouts. Um, I love HIIT workouts and I was pretty disciplined doing them in my living room. And then eventually I just got so sick of it, moving around furniture and just, you know, trying to get my setup together. And um, so even the, the way I worked out started changing. I started going outside for runs because it just felt great to be outdoors after being cooped up inside. And, you know, something that I noticed in particular is that I've always considered myself a pretty disciplined person. And the quarantine definitely has tested that discipline. It's just that, you know, when I don't have my usual resources to lean on, you know, certain studios I love to go to or certain places where I can get my green smoothies, you know, it's just redefining, you know, how I take care of myself um, while being inside all the time and, you know, sort of congratulating myself for small wins, like, you know, going out on walks and just, you know, getting outside. So it's changed quite a bit. And I feel like I've learned to be a little bit more kind and compassionate toward myself when, um, I'm not as motivated because the things that used to motivate me a lot are no, you know, I, we can't access them. So it's been a shift, but I feel like also, you know, great opportunity for me personally. And I know a lot of people just really forced me to do a lot of internal work that maybe I just didn't have the time to do. And so that's been really rewarding. What are some of the internal uh, practices that you've been doing? I feel like 
a lot of people I've been talking to during this time have shared a similar sentiment that this has been a time for introspection, for work uh, inside ourselves and on ourselves, which is super interesting because most of the time we're just like you said, like you were doing a bunch of hit workouts and working out and like you find a rhythm, which is great and it's important. But when things shift, it's, you know, there is positive from it. And we get a lot of time to be like working inward. Do you have practices or tools or people or um, things that you use as resources, um, whether that's a meditation app or something that you just do on your own, like some easy breath work? Like, What are some of the things that you've been doing that, that you've been leaning into during this time that you feel like have been helpful to, to keep that mind and body right? Yeah, well, you know, before quarantine, I hadn't been as disciplined with my meditation practice. So now I meditate when I wake up and before I go to bed. And I I just love meditation. I can't say enough good things about it. It's just really helped me keep a clear head, be present, uh, mindful, uh, cope with just the anxiety of, you know, the uncertainty of, you know, where we're at right now. Um, so that's been super helpful. I love meditations from Chopra, from Chopra Center. And um, I also listen to um, these uh, these binaural beats on an app called Beatfulness. I also use Headspace. So I have different apps that I've been trying out, but um, I would say Chopra, Headspace, and Beatfulness have been really helpful for me to get into the zone because sometimes it's hard for me to just sit in silence. So it's nice to have a guided experience. Um, and other than that, you know, just journaling, um, I have a couple of books. I think the book that we chatted about was um, um, Ikigai. It's a journal that where it prompts you to really yeah. dive into what is truly fulfilling for you and what gives you purpose. So that's just been really cool to get into different types of journal prompts and ways to you know ask myself questions that I hadn't taken the time to ask myself about myself before. Yeah, that's great. I think Ikigai is a, is a really cool practice to do. We we run a workshop on our retreats where we put people through that. Uh, Ryland, who's one of our uh, fellow retreat leaders, has dove into that. He actually went out into Japan and learned even more, um, like kind of at the source and was like, he's like, people just live that way over there. He's like, it is so cool to see that in culture. And I think one of the things I actually, I just from your Instagram profile, talking about how that you coach burnt out women. And I think that that burnout is a is extremely prevalent. And, you know, going back to the Chicago example, I, I notice it a lot with people in Chicago that people work really hard in this city. It's one of my favorite things about it is how hard people work. And also just how like genuinely caring and nice people are like in Chicago, I see more people than anywhere else. Like, somebody looks lost and somebody walks over and says, Hey, like, let's figure out where you need to go. Like you see that all the time. And on the flip side of that too, you just see people just like grinding away. Um, I think Ikigai does a really good job for us to reflect on like, what are we grinding for? It's a great exercise to find your why and to really dive into that. And so in your coaching practice with that, like, how do you assess that? And how do you work with people that are in that burnt out state to just not necessarily like carve their way out of it, but just to like recognize it? Because that's been a thing that, you know, in starting my own business and quitting my corporate job and doing that was like, initially, like I was training clients every day at 5am all the way till 8 or 9pm with like no breaks in the middle and trying to 
get married and buy a condo and all that stuff. And it's just like, you look back and it was like, I was burning myself out for a long time. How do you help, help people come to that self-realization? Because I think they, people need to realize that for themselves first before they're willing to take a step to make it something that they're not doing with their lives. Yes, I love that question because I've dealt with that myself. So my coaching work comes out of my own experience. And, you know, when you're burnt out, you really start to lose joy in the things that, you know, that your work, um, it's hard to, even though you are working very hard, you are always feeling low energy. It feels like such a struggle just to pull yourself together. And burnt out people typically do pull it together because they have a strong sense of duty or responsibility. But it's, you know, when you're doing it, like how fulfilled do you feel? Often people who are burnt out start to feel a little bit empty because they're not pouring into themselves at all. So even if they're doing something that they might have loved, they're working at a pace that doesn't allow them to just really nourish themselves. And so they start to lose that, that inner spark or, or passion. And so I think that's a big sign. And I've noticed it myself now more when I kind of start to feel that happening. It, it's an indication that maybe I need to rest. Um, maybe I need to take a day off and, um, you know, restore my energy. Um, because Usually when you're doing something you love, even if it requires a lot of time, if you're really, you know, and if you're able to find a sense of balance, you do have so much energy to keep on going. But once you start to see those dips in energy on a consistent basis and that di those dips in joy and hopefulness, <laughs> that's when it's really time to take a step back and ask yourself, you know, what are you sacrificing for yourself by pouring so much into your work or family or what have you? That is a, that's a really good point because I think that uh, like, I mean, I, I'll go off, off personal stuff. It's like, I just go so hard at everything that I do. It's just like, it's been when I was in college, I was the biggest drinker on campus and the most, the the best bartender. And then when I, moved out of that life. I've gone the hardest into training and then starting a business. And, you know, you, you get to this point where you realize that like going hard isn't necessarily the best way to handle things. And when you think about longevity, it's all about consistency. Like, yes, you need effort and you need hard bouts of effort, like a hit workout or a hard workout, like is important. Um, but on the flip side of that, you also need to understand about the consistency of things. And like you said, there is a, there is an understanding that things in your life have to find their appropriate amount of like time allocation and effort allocation, whether that is, you know, just rating simple things like relationships, family, work, self-care, uh, purpose, building a family, whatever that may be. And I think a lot of people just go so hard, so many things that like, when Friday night hits, they just like cash out or they go out and it's like this reoccurring cycle. So what are some of the ways in which when you have conversations with people or when you do this with yourself, because I mean, we're all going through this, like, what are some of the ways in which you are able to recognize that? And then what are some of the ways that you're able to then start to say, okay, this is how we're going to take step one in figuring out what it is that we want to do or how we're going to kind of carve ourselves out of that to find that 
like abundance and that true well-being? Yeah, so I think it starts with having a vision. So for I do this for myself. I do this with my clients when we start working together is just setting the vision for the holistic well-being that you want to experience. And you can, you know, I've done that for myself and clients even during the pandemic. You know, we know that options are limited, but within the things that we can control, how can we maximize the experience of well-being? So I start with the vision, you know, setting a vision for what you want to experience, you know, not just physical, emotional health, but all around, you know, how do you want to feel fulfilled really um, in your life? And then starting with that vision seeing where you are today and with my clients and even with myself, because I am the type of person I can go really hard at a lot of things at once. But I do think, you know, when working with my clients, that's good to sort of take things slow because change is hard and pick a couple of things that we want to really dive deep on. Um, maybe it's movement, uh, making movement more consistent, or maybe it's, um, you know, I don't know, calming anxiety and just integrating a few practices throughout the day to address that, really point, pinpoint those issues. And then once you start to reflect on how it makes you feel and develop more mindfulness, which, you know, during this time, it's a lot easier to be mindful. And you start to see, once you start to notice the change in how you feel from making those, you know, incremental changes over time, it's easier to commit to it. And then over time, you can start to tackle more and more areas of your life that you want to address. So that's what I do with my clients. That's what I do with myself all the time. And it's especially helped me during this pandemic. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of people start tackling things, whether that's setting goals or like reorganizing or all of that without that like initial time spent on this like strategic vision or the um, alignment of your values. And then it's like essentially just turning into a checklist that you're checking off and it's not really guiding you in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, one of the, one of your go-to books is The Alchemist. And that's a book that we give to everybody on all of our retreats, because that book is essentially talking about that life journey um, and understanding that like when we set out on that vision and when we set out on that path and actually start taking action, that then and only then will things start to appear and start to work within us um, and move move forward. And so I think there's just a lot to to pull from that and pull from what you just said about creating a, a true focal point um, that we are going towards. And then from there, starting to dive deeper and starting to reverse engineer the way in which we get to that spot. And something else I'll add, um, I like that you mentioned that the vision aligning to your values, because that's really important too. But also, you know, helping my clients understand, you know, what does life look like if you, if there is no change, you know, if you just yeah. continue on this same trajectory, what are you setting yourself up for? So it really helps bring it brings that presence to what truly is at stake. Um, if you just sort of keep on act, behaving in autopilot or acting in a default way that um, has gotten you to where you are today. Totally. I think, you know, that that's one of the things that you talk about is like, you know, being living by design versus mm -hmm. just through default. And I think that, 
it's a real that's a really good way to put it and you know we talk a lot about like lifestyle design and thinking of it as in that way which is kind of a blend of the uh, like artistic vision and the ability to then go and execute the painting for example if you're going to do that and i think that it's really important to do that what are some of the ways in which when you talk with somebody or yourself, like give us a couple of things that, that are like some good daily habits or practices that can start to create that vision or that can give us the clarity to then go out and think bigger and, and start to create those ideas that are stuck in everyone's head. Like I truly believe that every single person deep down knows exactly what it is that they want to do and where they want to go. And for a lot of us, we've just built all these layers on top of that. And I actually truly believe that there's a youthful expression. Like I think as a kid, everybody knows what they want to do. And like people joke when kids are like, oh, I want to be an architect or an astronaut. And then they just start layering things on, whether that's sitting in a desk for eight hours a day in school or you know, getting really good grades to go to a really good college, or maybe it's the neglect of parents or the societal differences between different areas, especially in places like Chicago that just like don't give certain people opportunities to do what it is they want to do. So what are some things that like, you know, if somebody's listening to this right now that they can start implementing this week or next week, that can give them the ability to then dig in to then find what it is that they want to be doing and then start taking action towards it. Yeah, so I think an important um, an important tip is to really, first of all, create the space where you can even have clarity. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, clarity is huge. And I feel like the way we live our lives, particularly pre-pandemic, but for some of us, maybe even now, we're just doing so much that we don't even have the space to get clear. So for me, you know, when I used to be in my work hard, play hard mode, I barely was even by myself long enough to yeah, think about seriously. what I wanted out of life. You know, I was always either at work or hanging out with friends. And so it's like forcing myself to sit down and just say, okay, you know, in this moment by myself, I need to really reflect on what it is I want. And if there's something that I want that I'm experiencing that's not making me happy, then I have to also ask myself, you know, do I truly want this? Do I want this because I was conditioned to want this? My parents told me I should want it or my peers told me I should want it. I'm really just getting underneath that. So I, I think just creating the space to be clear and not being afraid of having that time alone to reflect. Um, I also think, you know, just setting up your schedule in a way where you're doing more of what you want to do and less of what you don't want to do to the extent possible. You know, we all have things that we have to do that we may not love, but I think the more that you lean into the things that actually light you up and give you some sense of joy um, and let go of obligations that may not actually be adding value to you, but you think you have to, for whatever reason, you know, um, some of us are people pleasers or we're just, you know, we feel like we have to take care of everybody before taking care of ourselves, particularly women. Um, it's just, you know, looking at how you spend your time and what is that time adding value to you or is it giving you energy or is it depleting your energy? Um, and then 
I think the other thing is really investing in passions, you know, looking back at the, the at those things that you were interested in as a child and seeing if maybe there's something there that you want to explore, you know, maybe it's just taking a Zoom workshop to see if that's something that still makes you happy. Um, I used to love to draw when I was a kid. I was very artistic and during quarantine, I've started sketching again and it's been a lot of fun actually. So um, there's always an opportunity to look back to your past and see those things that made you happy and see if it still serves you at this point in your life. Yeah, that's, I think the, one of the things I pull from that, which is something that I need to improve on is that, is that setting of space and also that ability of, like you said, the alone time. Um, I love being around people, whether it's like teaching a 70 person boot camp or being with, with my clients one-on-one, whether that's been virtually or in person. And I love that, but I, and I've always been very like extroverted in nature, um, and loved being around people and through, through the, you know, the years of starting my own business and, and getting out of the corporate environment where I was surrounded by people all day long. I've had that time. Like right now I'm by myself. Uh, besides my dog. And I, there is so much. And and you've been you've been touching on the word joy a lot, which I want to get back to because I have a connection to that word. And there is there is so much that you use. And I'm just going to pull words that you've been saying because they're on top of my mind, but like clarity and like even just right now, being alone, and and talking to you and just like having that like no other distractions there's like nobody else around it's like you just realize how much how much value there is in that and i think you know as we get older and we get in relationships and we have you know commitments like we are pulled from one thing to the next and although we may feel that we are present in that we are not as present as we could be if we were more full by taking that space on our own so i think you know, that's something that I'm going to pull away from this. And I think it's a really important thing to, to create that. So for somebody like myself that I own my schedule, um, you know, I decide what clients I'm going to be training in the morning, who I'm going to be talking to, what podcasts we're going to have, what we're going to be working on. It's hard sometimes for me to be like, well, blank space, like I need that. But I've noticed that when it falls in there, it's super important. And when I schedule it in there, it's even more valuable, like just a walk or you know, it doesn't have to be physical, but it can just be like time and, and meditation. I use a lot, but I think like what you said, just like having space to just be gives us so much value outside of like what we're actually getting done in the moment. And there's something to that. Yeah. And when you have space, it takes you out of the operating and autopilot. You have more time to really be intentional. Totally. So when, when you've been saying joy a lot and you talk a lot about that, I, I've gotten that, that word has been thrown around a lot. And the first place I really heard that was actually at my wedding. Um, my mom is very mindful. Um, she is a, she's a nurse by trade and now does a lot of like cool healing through like Reiki massage and um, a lot of really cool stuff. And she helps a lot of people that have like terminal um, illness. She does parish nursing now through through a church in our town, and she's amazing. Um, and her entire like mantra around my wedding day was joy. And she gave a really cool toast and had this 
she put this plaque down on the table that was like, today is just solely about joy. And I had never really, you know, I, I obviously knew what that word was. Um, but ever since that day, I've, I've noticed it more. And it's very alchemist in nature that once, you know, you hear something and it's meaningful, you see it. And, and it's just been coming up lately. And I just celebrated my third anniversary. So, you know, it's been years since that, but it, for some reason it's been coming up lately. So what does that word mean to you? Like, how did that for men in your life? And, and, you know, why is that something that keeps coming up and that you seek? And, you know, where did you first hear it? Like, let's, let's dive into that word. I love the understanding of vocabulary and how when we have the right vocabulary in our minds and we talk to ourselves in the right way, I think that so much more good happens. So where, what does that word mean to you? I think joy is so, it's just intertwined with well-being. And I didn't really, honestly, I didn't make that connection until about a year ago. And I realized that, you know, without joy, I cannot experience a full expression of well-being in all areas of my life. And in a way, joy is almost like a guide for me in terms of what to pursue, what to spend my time on. Um, joy is also incredibly healing. And I've leaned so much more into joy during this pandemic, even though the ways to access joy have changed a lot. <laughs> we have to be really creative, but um you know, to manage the complex emotions of what's happening in this pandemic, what's also happening around social justice. It's been super important for us to find moments of joy just to care for our emotional well-being. Um, and I've noticed that when I experience joy, like there's just so much that can open up to me. So many synchronicities are available. There are things that I um, I notice or I'm present to that I might not have if I was just... Um, sort of, you know, uh, maintaining um, a, low a low vibration. And that's not to say I'm joyful all the time or that everyone should be joyful all the time. But I realize, you know, there's, I think of joy as, you know, freedom, it's choice, it's empowerment. It gives us so many options of what we can experience. And it's a great guide for, you know, um, to tell us, even guide us in which direction to go or what choices to make um, and how we live our lives. So. I'm not sure if that answers your question. I just, there's so many things that come up when I think of joy. And I, I just think it's a beautiful thing that um, during this time, especially that we can really, if we intentionally like think about ways to bring more joy into our life, it will even help us thrive during this time. I, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that like the motto behind live better is to have the best day ever every single day. And I think that it really stems from the understanding that we can create that. It's not just like some like foofy term, but it's a real thing. And joy is at the ethos of that. It is a, if you are joyful, if you are happy, if you are inspired, if you are active, if you are pursuing something greater than yourself, then you can create the best day ever every single day. And we, you know, you were mentioning like, obviously we're going to have things that we don't love to do, but if we understand that those are part of the bigger picture, you get them done. And the, you know that there's value in doing it. You know that there's a necess there's like a means to it. Um, and so one question we love to ask everybody is that if you could wake up tomorrow 
and let's say that there is no restrictions and you can do anything you want, what does your best day ever look like? So I love to travel. Um, I would definitely get in the first flight out of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chicago, but I also love the beach. Um, I love, so I, I think I would go somewhere in the Caribbean um, where there's palm trees and I can just spend the day swimming, sitting out in the sun, um, do some yoga outside. That would be awesome. And yeah, just a, a really relaxing day at the beach um, to just, you know, hear the ocean waves and relax. <laughs> I mean, that's a vibe. I'm into it. I'm a, uh, we run our retreats in El Salvador and oh. we had to cancel the two of them this year. And that's my favorite surf spot in the world. So I've been craving the surf for 12 months now. So I would be, if we could pop down to El Sally together, I'm down to do that. That would be. I would have loved to join you. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and, I, and, you know, I think that there's there's so much that that comes from travel and, and, and understanding. And there's it brings us to a, to a new space. And that, you know. The reason that we host our retreats there, as opposed to you know right in the cent right in the center of like State Street, is because it gives people space, it gives people time. And one of the funny things that happens on those experiences is a lot of people are like, "Well, what am I supposed to be doing during our free time?" And it's like you're supposed to be free, and like you know we're so programmed to like be doing stuff, and yes. then by day two or day three, people are like, "Oh, this is what this feels like. This is awesome." So I think. You know, for for you talking about that, I think it's important to create that and not necessarily have to need travel, but we could also use that as a way in which we can unwind and we can give ourselves that freedom. I think that we shouldn't have to like need it, but there is so much value in having that. Yeah, totally agree. It just takes you out of your headspace in a way by when you go to a different physical location. And it's so funny that you said that about um, the people who come to your retreats, because there was once a time where like the thought of like unstructured time was kind of scary to me. So <laughs> I, I could definitely relate to that. But now it's just like, there's so much you can do with that space to just unplug. You can dream new dreams. You can think of new creative ideas. You know, you can solve problems in your life that maybe you were too attached or too close to, to find a solution for it. It's, a, it's just a great way for you to get out of your head a little bit. Totally. It's great. Um, where can people learn more about what you're doing and connect with you? Because I feel like um, you've got a lot of good to give and a lot of people can, could benefit from, you know, reading your blog or getting on your newsletter or coaching if, if that's something that they're interested. Where can people find more about you, uh, whether that's social platforms or website or anything like that? Yeah, so my website is Live Well with Aaron. My Instagram account is also Live Well with Aaron. So that's easy. Also, my name is spelled E R I N N E. So just in case, you know, I love you have it. A hard time finding me. My, my name is Brett with one T. And, yeah, uh, I noticed. <laughs> that's I, the first. So when I was typing in your name, I was like, you have a unique name. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I will <pass> it up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um those are the two platforms where you can find me and I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, and then I also 
love sharing my insights on wellness through my blog and monthly newsletter. Great. Aaron, thanks so much. It's It's been really cool to, I, I, I pulled a lot away from this personally and I, I'm going to work a lot to, to give myself a little bit more space um, on a more consistent basis because I think that that's something that that will be that'll resonate really well with me. So thanks so much for for doing this. And thanks for, you know, keeping everything optimistic during this time. There's just so many different things going on, especially in Chicago with, with so many different, you know, civil things happening and social issues. And I feel like you've done just a great job of, of being a, a really good voice um, to show the, the, the power that we can have with our own well being and mindfulness. Thanks so much, Brett. I really appreciate that. I received that and I cannot wait to meet you in person. Oh, I can't wait. We'll, we'll figure something out, whether it's a socially distanced walk or we'll wait till this thing's over and we'll, we'll figure something <laughs> exactly, out. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. We'll be linking up. We, you know, normally we have a really cool event schedule in, in Chicago and stuff. So we'll, we'll let you know once, once all that stuff pops in and, uh, it was it was awesome to chat and I can't wait to to continue to to link up Aaron. So thanks so much for your time and we just wish that you have the best day ever. Thanks Brett.